Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. We get ready for the Word of God. We're going to go ahead and celebrate our kids. We're going to line up for Kids Church. Yeah, come on, come on. We're going to clap till they go. Come on, we're going to celebrate. Yeah, oh, 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 excited for that. They're, still, they're not going yet. They're not going yet. Come on. Have fun, y'all. Have a great time. Amadeo, there you go. Come on, come on. Join me, join me, join me. All right, all right. There they go. There they go. No, they didn't go yet. There they go. There they go. Woo! All right. I'll tell you one thing, when we stop clapping, that's a, ba- that's a sad day. That's a sad day. That means there's no kids in church, right? Amen? Amen. It is good to have them and good that, that God is doing something. If you, if you came in just a minute after we started, we're letting you know the kids are heading downstairs today for, uh, for kids' church, so they'll be right underneath of us. They transformed the fellowship hall to be a uh, kids' space on Sunday morning, so we're really excited for that. And this is the first of, I believe I heard Lori say, a 13-week, maybe she said 12-week, 12, 13 week, a 13-week series where they'll talk about the life of Christ, and that'll bring us right up to Easter, so that's super exciting, and so, um, yeah, really excited for that. Um, if Also, if you're joining with us for the first time, just let you know we have a five-minute party that'll happen right after church, and it'll happen right over there, and I'll be leading that party, and it's just my chance to say hi to you, your chance to say hi to me, and ask any questions you want about the life of the church. Uh, so if you're, if you're visiting with us for the first time, or if you've never been to our five-minute party, go ahead and hang out with me afterwards for five minutes, and and uh, we'll just make sure we get to know you real, really quickly. Uh, this morning, we're starting a new series where we're going to be uh, walking through for the next three weeks after this, so a four-week series, where we're talking about our vision for reaching the lost, our vision for reaching the lost. And we're, gonna, we're setting this series up to actually be like a tactile, tangible, equipping time. So I think that if you come here today, or you're here today, obviously, if you come here in the next few weeks, um, by the end of that series, if you take some notes, you're going to be ready, you're going to be equipped, you're going to have the vision, the understanding of why we're doing what we're doing, and you're actually going to have the tools you need to go after it, to go actually go and accomplish it. So if you're not able to be with us anytime over the next couple of weeks, just go ahead and make sure you catch up online as all of our messages will be up there. And to those of you who are with us online today or might be watching this later in the week, we hope that the worship has blessed you, but we also hope you're ready for the word of God. And uh, so one last thing before we get in, before we get into the word, if you are at home, uh, we will be celebrating communion here. And so you might want to go ahead and run to your fridge right now and grab some juice and grab some bread and be ready so that you can join us for communion at the end of the service. Let's pray one more time as we get into the word today. Father God, would you continue to instruct us? Would you continue to speak to us? In the same way you spoke during worship, God, like I know my heart was was feeling drawn to you, God, in that same way, God, I pray that we, um, that our body posture would lean in your direction, Lord, that our hearts and our minds and our our physical bodies would say, yes, I'm I'm, I'm in, God, I want to hear what you had to say, I want to learn from you today, I want to have your word instruct my life. God, it's good to be together, I pray for everybody who's out there traveling today, anybody who's trying to get here, I pray the roads might be getting slick, I pray, God, for everybody who's going to be on the roads, keep them safe. Father, thank you for that. Uh, thank you in advance for what you're doing in, in, in gathering your church in safe ways. Um, and God, for all those folks who have needs and, and um, any 
somebody who might be in a situation, God, where they're leaning on you exclusively right now, God, I pray that you would reveal yourself in a way that is undeniable. Meet the needs of your people in ways that that manifest your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're jumping into our vision series for 2022. It's hard to even think about that. 2022. I mean, can you remember back to, like, before as calendar years were turning? First of all, can you remember back when, when there were paper calendars? Like, exclusively paper calendars. Exclusive. I know there still are paper calendars. I have one. But can you remember back when that was it? Some people maybe not able to. I remember a specific time in 1999 when we were pretty certain that computers did not have the ability to turn the millennium, right? And so we were pretty certain the world was going to come to an end because computers were not wise enough, had not been instructed to be wise enough to be able to move from 1999 to 2000. Anybody else remember that? Yeah, some people remember that, right? Right, right. Some people, still, some people still got your cupboard. You still got the cupboard, tin cans, in the no? Okay, good, good, good. Just get rid of them if you do. Just get rid of them if you do. All right. So anyway, so I remember that. But look, uh, we're not we're not going to talk about calendars turning or anything else. We're really going to talk about what we believe God is asking us to do as we roll forward in 2022. So I'm going to read you the first of our four imperatives for this new year, and these imperatives are truths that we believe will equip us to be able to actually reach the lost. And uh, here it is. Uh, I ask you to listen in, and, and it'll probably show up on the screen behind me. It says, centered in love, we are praying with our eyes fixed on Jesus, leading us to intentional relationships where we can be godly influences in the lives of the lost. This is our first of our four imperatives, and it's summed up with the word pray. Centered in love, you'll note that as we, uh, as we go through this next couple weeks, all of our imperatives are tied to that phrase, centered in love. So our grounding point, our launching point, is being people who are grounded in love. And we'll need to remember that. We'll kind of dissect this all. We'll dissect this whole thing, and we'll kind of look at Scripture to help us understand why we're, we're, we're landing on this spot. But let me give you the big picture. Let me give you the big picture. Would you go on a walk with me? Not physically, but figuratively? Could you, could you dial all the way back? Go back 2,000 years ago. You can be whichever one of your favorite disciples you choose to be. Be one of the early guys, the early adopters of the Christian faith, right? You know, some of you want to be bold and brash, but you're going to end up dying upside down. Think about that before you choose it, right? Some, 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 some of you might, might, might choose to be, you know, kind of second along, right? You might, you might choose to be following someone else who followed Jesus and they, therefore you got in. But either way, you're an early, scri- you're an early, uh, early uh, subscriber to the ways of Jesus. 2,000 years ago, Jesus gave this instruction to the disciples. He said, go, go where? Go out to all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded. And and don't worry, I will be with you until the very end of the age. That's what Jesus said to them. Now, we're on this walk, right? So we're back there, we're listening. Jesus has died, he's resurrected, he's come back. He's appeared before us, and he's commissioning us to go. Now, we get from the end of the gospel right there into the book of Acts, and there's a, there's a space in between there. 
And what happens between the end of the gospel and the book of Acts is the birth of, ultimately becomes the birth of the church. But what happens in there is that the, the, the disciples, you and I, on this walk we're on, have to decide whether we'll say yes. Think about this for a second. Where are we today if 2,000 years ago the early subscribers of Jesus just said, no, thank you? I think you just kind of figurative, figuratively mean that. I don't think you actually want us to go. I don't think you actually want us to tell anybody about it because, you know, like, I just think you just kind of want us to, to, to be happy that, 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 that somebody had heard about you before. Right? Where are we today? Where, who, who are we sitting in this room? Is this even a room? If 2,000 years ago the, the, the followers of Christ didn't say, I'm all in on this. Okay. Now, for some folks, you might, you might have a hard time kind of imagining that. So come forward all the way to your story. Pick up your story at the earliest points when you started to hear of Jesus. Maybe you were itty bitty. Maybe you were on the. Maybe you were still on the lap. May, maybe you were, you know, chasing somebody in high school, or maybe it was in college. You were at a at a at a at a, at a fraternity or a sorority, and you heard about Jesus. Wherever it was that you picked up the story and heard about Jesus, just imagine just for a moment that you didn't. That you didn't. Where are you today? your life navigating if you did not in that moment hear the good news of Christ friends I want to use those two illustrations to invite you to join with me and join with our church in saying yes to being passionate about reaching the lost about going after those who don't yet know Jesus, about equipping those who do. That's what we're going to try to do. We're going to try to train you up and get you ready, but we're going to send you out with a mission to reach those around you who don't know Jesus. As we begin to unpack these imperatives, we have to understand that this is non-optional. Right? This is not like we get to negotiate back and forth with God about how important this is. The more we understand the love of God, the more we're compelled by God to share that love with others. So let me say it this way. If you're struggling with the idea of sharing the good news, you're struggling in your relationship with Jesus. Let that sit in for a second. If you're, if you're hurtling away from sharing the good news with somebody else, it represents a disconnect between you and our Father. Because see, when we understand who he is and what he's done, we cannot help but be the Samaritan woman. We cannot help but run into town and say to everybody who would listen, hey, check this out. There's this guy that changed my life. And I bet you he can do that for you too. If you, uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm chapter 4, to the fourth Psalm in verse 1. If you get there, let me hear amen. That's our church tradition. When we turn our Bibles and, and turn, to a, turn to a spot in our Bibles, we just proclaim that we're there by simply declaring the word amen. Okay, thank you. Jeez, I mean, somebody get those Psalms not that hard to find. 
All right, so there you go, there you go. We'll, we'll, we'll work on it a little bit more. We'll get a little bolder as we go along because we got a couple we're going to turn to today. Psalm 4.1, this is what it says. David writes, he says, answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress and have mercy on me and hear my prayer. Answer me when I call to you. David is saying, hey, God, when I cry out, please. Pay attention. Like, be receptive. I remember back in the day, before there, before everybody had, uh, you know, a digital phone and, uh, and, and before everybody, I mean, a cell phone, and before everybody had, like, um, an answering machine. I remember back in the day when phones just used to ring and ring and ring, right? And I, and I remember when I was little enough to start using the phone. Now, many of y'all won't remember this. It, you didn't have buttons you pushed, you had dials you turned. You had to Google that, right? And I remember turning that dial and sitting on the phone and just waiting. And my mom be like, why are you letting that ring go? I want somebody to pick up. And I would just sit there for like five minutes. Now, they weren't home, but I wasn't hanging up till somebody picked up. Right? I'm like, ding, ring, ring, ring. I don't know. I don't know what it sounded like in their house, but I know what it sounded like in my ear. And I was just waiting for somebody to pick up. Well, you can anticipate this. David is crying out to God, hey, God, when I cry out, please, I'm going to let this thing ring until you answer I'm going to ring and ring and ring and ring and ring and ring. Let me let you understand something. You don't have to let it ring too long. Right? We're going to see that in just a second. But, but he answers. But God actually responds. But David's cry out, David's cry out is, is uh, answer me when I call out to you, my righteous God. Now, here it is. This is what answering looks like. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me. Hear the prayer that I cry. If you're, if you're uh, going to take notes today, I would encourage you to write this down. R- write down an answer to this question. Maybe if you're taking it in your phone, you can type it in. Text yourself. Text somebody who will remind you about it. But what's one prayer that you prayed in 2021 that God answered? What's one prayer that you prayed in 2021 that God answered? I know some of you, I know what some of y'all are thinking. I prayed I'd hit the Powerball, but I ain't hit it. I ain't hit it. He answered it for somebody. Just He didn't say yes to you, that's all. But yet, what's one prayer that you prayed in 2021 that God answered? Now, you say, well, Pastor, why, why is that important in this moment? Well, here it is. Sometimes we need a reminder. We need to set a reminder. We need our phone to remind us, or we need to flip through our journal and look back. We need to see a reminder that God actually answered those prayers. Because when we get in the midst of those difficult times, we might feel like, God, you're nowhere to be found. But I need a reminder. I need to turn to Psalm and be like, oh, David cried out. And then David responded and was like, God, still, you're listening. You're responding. Salvation is coming. Friends, I want to encourage us. Identify those moments where we see God having responded. Old Testament language, build your carrion, build your Ebenezer, set your stones that every time you walk past it, you'll be reminded, oh yeah, wow, you answered that. You did that. Turn over in Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15. Come on, let's flip flip through some scriptures this morning. Proverbs 15 in the 29th verse. I heard some whispers. I heard some whispers. I know you're behind a mask, but you can still say it louder than that. Come on. There you go. 
Proverbs 15, 29. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the, come on, he hears the prayer of the righteous. We are reminded that God hears the prayers of his people. Now watch this. I want to unpack this for just a second. The Lord is far from the wicked. The word wicked here, the word wicked here refers to those who are not living in accordance with God, right? And, and, and that subset of folks who are not living in accordance with God is twofold. Those who don't know and those who choose not to, right? I have been a, I've been wicked. I've been wicked in my ways because I've chosen not to live in accordance with the will of God. And there was a season in my life where I didn't even know God, right? And either of those seasons leave me distant from the Father. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he's in earshot of the righteous. And he hears the prayers of the righteous. What comfort do you find in knowing that? What comfort do you find that the scripture declares that God has an ear lent to your prayers? You ever felt absolutely alone? You ever felt like like everyone and, and anything that could help had, had gone in a different direction? I want to remind you this morning. God is still righteous. He's still able. The word righteous here does not mean somebody who has all their things together. It doesn't mean somebody who is, uh, who, you know, who's standing tall and has on their Sunday best, even though Pastor Charlie came dressed for something else. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that. By the way, uh, by the way, we're just going to acknowledge it. We're going to acknowledge it so we get it out of the way. For, for our three friends in the room who are Cowboys fans, today's your day. Good job. Good job. Look at you. Shout them out. There's three of you. Yeah. Where's the fourth? Oh, look, she ain't dressed apart. <laughs> she ain't dressed apart. You don't get no shout out. You don't dress apart, you don't get no shout out. God leans toward those who are to, to leans his uh, in, in favor of the prayer to the righteous. Why? Because the right, righteous stands for those who are connected to God, those who are upright, who are right before God. To be right before God doesn't mean I've always gotten it right. It means that I am justified by faith, through faith by grace. I am justified through faith by grace. It is the it is the grace of God that makes me right before God, and it is my faith in God trusting that God will see me as righteous. So God lends his ear to the prayers of those who belong to him, those who are his, those who have, have yielded to him. And, and friends, I want to say this today. It doesn't say God lends his, his ear to the prayers of those who show up to church. But I will say this, showing up to church is one descriptor of those who are walking with God, Right? And so there's a pattern in your life as you walk with God that you show up to things where you believe God is going to continue to influence your life. You show up to things where you believe you have an opportunity to say, hey, God, I'm here for you. I'm yielding to you. I'm learning from you. I'm leaning into you. I'm worshiping you. I'm lifting up your name. So, friends, I want to say it to you very clearly this morning that the Lord is indeed far from the wicked. But I want to say to you, you're righteous. His, because God is the God of your life. He's your ear. He is listening. He is listening. He is ready. 
Turn with me into the Gospel of Mark. Gospel of Mark in chapter 11. Come on, let's flip there really quickly. Gospel of Mark chapter 11. David, you flipped there so fast, you didn't give anybody else a chance to get there. Gospel of Mark chapter 11. Don't, don't, yeah, come on, come on. Let me hear an amen. I know somebody's turning pages, somebody. Come on, there you go. Let me hear some of those pages turn. Gospel of Mark chapter 11. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've already received it, and it will be yours. Now, Pastor Ray, does that mean that if I just believe that, you know, like, when I get home, there'll be a Lambo in the parking lot? Does that mean that, that it'll be there? Pastor Ray, does that <laughs> not, it wouldn't be nice on a day like today. Those roads would be way too slick for that car. Does that, that, Pastor Ray, does that mean that if I believe that, you know, all that I would ever want in life will be right there under my Christmas tree this year? No, no that's, that's not what this prayer, that's not, that's not what this instruction is to you. See, Jesus is giving instruction around prayer, and as we're praying, watch this, we're praying for the will of the Father. Let me say this again. As we're praying, we're praying for the will of the Father. We're not actually praying, God, give me, let me consume all that I want. Let me have, 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 have. We're actually saying, hey, God, let me stand in right place with you. If I believe in faith, Then, like Moses who climbed the mountain, then when we've been before God, then when we journey back around people, then what people see, what people know, what people encounter is someone who has the aroma of God about them, someone who has the aura of God about them, someone who you can be like, I know that this person has been to the mountaintop because I can sense God all over them. There's something different about them. I was... uh, I was hanging out with some people this, this weekend, and this one guy told me his testimony. He said that he was a, he said, I was a, a pretty average bar league softball player. You can kind of picture that, right? He said, I'm a pretty average bar league softball player. And uh, I went and played this one game against this other group of guys, and, and he was like, and I was better than most guys. And so they asked me if I wanted to play on their team, and I thought, So I went, I think I hit it by my hand. So I, 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 I joined up on their team, and I, and I started to play, and I noticed there was something different about these guys. And I found myself just wanting to be around them more and more and more. And he's like, finally, at the end of the season, the one guy said, hey, I don't know what you're doing this Friday, but we're going to have this barbecue picnic thing you might want to come out to. And so I went out to this barbecue picnic thing, and before I knew it, there were people who were, like, getting splashed in the water. And he was like, hey, this is really fun. He said, it took me about two more weeks to realize those guys that invited me to play on their softball team, he said, they had a different aroma about them. 
had a different, there was a different presence about him. So finally I said to one of the guys, well, what made y'all so different from everybody else? He said to me, why don't you join me on Sunday and find out? He said, so I came into the church and I sat in the back pew and I just looked. And I was pretty sure I was going to figure it out. And then God brought me here. Friends, I want to encourage you and me this season to be people who have a different aura and aroma about us. To be people who are walking with Jesus in a way that is reflected that the world would see, oh, that's Jesus, right? What is it? That they would wonder, that they would, they would question, what is it that sets this person so far apart? Look, we won't be the first people to do that. Um, we won't be the first ones to, to live our lives in this way. Matter of fact, join me in the book of Romans. I'm going to look at two more passages of Scripture really quickly that point to prayer and to point to a life that is set apart. So join me in the book of Romans in the 8th chapter. Book of Romans chapter 8 in the 26th verse. Somebody see if you can beat David getting there. Oh, yeah, we got there before you this time, David. Yeah. Yeah, all right, there it is. Eighth chapter, 26th verse, verse, book of Romans. This is what it says. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through, endless, uh, through, through, through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Paul reminds the Romans, that, hey, the, the Romans who have converted to Christianity, he reminds them that the Spirit of God is present in a way that God speaks on our behalf. Now, I'm sharing this because I know as I told the story about being people who have an aroma about us, you probably started to come up with reasons in your mind why you can't do that. You start to think, oh, that seems too difficult, or I wouldn't know what to do, or what if they actually ask me what's different about me? I wouldn't know how to respond. Well, I want to say this to you. Paul already pre-thought this for us, and he said, hey, church, watch this. When we don't know what to do, when we don't know what to say, God steps in. Even in our conversation with God himself, when we're mum, God steps in. I don't know what it sounds like when the Spirit of God groans. I don't know. Is it like deep or is it high pitch? Is it, you know, does it it reverberate? Like, I don't know what it sounds like. But I know this. It is present to the Father. And it is for me. It is pleasant to the Father and it is for me. God is praying on my behalf. Like, God, I'm crying out. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I'm at wit's end. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to turn. I don't know what I'm going to do when somebody asks. Like, I just, I just I, I'm lost. But I said, God. And in that moment right there, what happened right after that? In that void, God spoke. He spoke. He didn't speak to me. He was like, Ray, this is it for you. He spoke to the Father. The Spirit of God on my behalf was like, watch this. I got this. 
this past, uh, just uh, just a couple weeks ago at the, at the Christian school where I work at um, on Fridays, they had a, uh, they had a, the, the end of a uh, baseball, or, or kickball tournament, kickball tournament, and it was a, it was a championship game, it was the teachers versus, you know, kind of, I think it was the sophomore class or something who had, who had gotten to the championship game. But one of the teachers uh, had just let the rest of the teachers know that she was excited. And it was such a cool thing, you know, everybody was celebrating, they were so excited, yeah, you know, like the baby's gonna come. Um, and she, she's a rock star kickball player. She's a rock star kickball player. And so, uh, you know, the, the game was, was, it wasn't as close as it needed to be, but it, w- it was going on, and, and she was up to kick, and, uh, and, and the coach of their team called timeout, called timeout, and went over to her and said, hey, you know, like, are you sure you want to kick? And she was like, yes, I am going to kick, and that ball is going to go far. And she was right. She was going to kick, and it was going to go far. And he said, all right, fine, all right, you, you can kick. Can somebody else run for you? And she was like, (laughs) she was like, you're with child. She was pushing really hard. And so here comes this this, this older gentleman who's lined up and ready to run. Here's this young gal who is with child, and she's ready to kick. And she, she just runs, she just trots up and just, boom, blows this ball way past the outfield. And this older gentleman just gets off to his trot. He gets running, he's rounding first, rounding second, gets the third on a stand-up triple. Like, this is a pretty amazing moment. And he turns around and he looks at her and he says, don't worry, I got you. I got you. He, he filled in that moment for her. He, he took her place in that moment and, and he did what she would have wanted or needed to do in that spot. That's what happens in that church that day. That's what happens in that church that day. That the Spirit of God begins to speak, to utter things that only God knows. And it opens up in ways that are even far greater than you and I know. Hey, look, let's look at this last passage together. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. This sets us up for the actual tangible of how we live it out. Let me, while you're turning to Romans chapter 12, start. I'm going to start in, a ver- in verse 9. And, uh, and then eventually we'll get to verse 12. But while you're turning, now let me read again to you this imperative. We will be centered in love and praying with our eyes fixed on Jesus that he would lead us into intentional relationships where we can be godly influences in the lives of the lost. That's our imperative. So here it is, Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 9. Church, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil cling to what is good be devoted to one another honor one another above yourselves never be lacking in zeal but keep your spiritual fervor by serving the lord verse 12 be joyful in hope be patient in affliction and be faithful in prayer Pastor Ray, what does it look like for us to walk out this imperative? Well, we'll be centered in love. We will be sincere. We will be grounded. We will be praying what we've been talking about this morning. We will be praying. We'll be uttering to the Father. We'll have our eyes fixed on Jesus, and we'll ask him to lead us into intentional relationships where we can be a godly influence in the lives of the lost. 
When I was a young child, I wanted to know who to emulate, who to live my life by. We kind of all look for this, don't we? You probably try to remember back when you were at your youngest age, maybe it was like, you know, mom or dad or big brother, big sister or uncle or cousin. You had somebody who you were like, that person is cool. Like, I just want, I want to be them. Right? And you probably got into middle school or high school and you had a teacher that you really liked and you were like, I want to be, you may not, might not even have been a good student, but you were like, I want to be a teacher. Like, that teacher's rad. You know, you got onto a sports team and you were like, I want to be like the coach. I remember in eighth grade, my football coach walked in and he, uh, he knelt down and he put his hand on, y'all should try this sometime, put his hand on the leg of the chair. And then without touching anything else, he picked up the chair. And he held it up to here and I was like, the rest of my life I've been trying to do that. <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to be that guy. Like how many push-ups do I got to do to be that, you know? We've all had somebody we've tried to emulate. Well, I joined um, with many, many, many other folks in the 80s and 90s and, um, and said, there's somebody out there who I want to emulate. So I'm going to invite you to watch this commercial with me and, uh, and, and see, if you, see if you can identify this. Anybody else wanted to be like Mike? Anybody else want to be like Mike? Anybody out there? Come on. Let me see a show of hands if you thought to yourself on a basketball court, I want to be like Mike. Anybody? There's a couple of us. Yeah, okay. All right. So look, so you can identify with that. Like Gatorade, like they were on it. They were like, look, I know every young boy and every young girl saying like, I just want to be like Mike. I want to be a winner. I want to be the best. I want to have the best shot. I want, I want to make the bucks. Like, and I'll just drink the Gatorade in order to get me there, right? And, and they, they made a killing off of that commercial, right? I remember running around like Mike, if I could be like Mike, you know, right? And so <clears throat> I want to say this to us. I think every one of us is in a season of life where we're looking and saying, I want to be like that. Now watch this. If we're doing that, there's somebody in your circle right now who's looking at you and saying, I want to be like that. But they're not pointing to Mike. They're pointing to you. They're watching you live your Christian faith. They're watching you stand for Jesus. So this year, join with us. Let's together be people who say, I'm going to live on mission. 
I'm going to be intentional in my relationships. I'm going to be around the lost, and I'm going to be the found. I'm going to make sure that when I'm present, that I'm not only with people who love Jesus, but I'm also allowing people who don't yet love Jesus be around in such a way that they would begin to say, yeah, 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 I want to be that way. And as they do that, as they point in your direction, now here it is. Friends, lean in with me right now because we're going to wrap up. Literally, lean forward, lean forward, lean forward. I want you to get this part. As they point in your direction and they say, I want to be like, what you and I are praying, what we're uttering to the Father is, God, allow me to be like you, that when they see me, they see you. So over the next three weeks, We're going to continue to unpack a strategy through which we can, together as a church, be compelling with the good news. That we can be invitational and that we can clearly say to somebody, hey, do you want to be like? Come and be like. This is how I found out who I really am. I'm believing that you and I together will be able to. To live out this first imperative. Centered in love that we are praying with our eyes fixed on Jesus. And leading, uh, who is leading us to intentional relationships. Where we can be godly influencers in the lives of the lost. If you're going to take notes, take this last note. Ask yourself this question. Who is the person who is around you right now? Not right in this moment. But right now in your regular walk of faith. Who does not yet. Who is the person in your circle, in your sphere, in your daily life, in your regular way, who does not yet know Jesus? (laughs) I mentioned at the beginning of of my message that what would life be like if 2,000 years ago the church did not take this moment seriously? If 2,000 years ago the early disciples did not say yes to him when he charged them to go and preach the good news. Where would we be? I'm reminded of that same thing when I think about this moment that Christ himself set into motion, that for the last 2,000 years, the church has since been celebrating. So if you have your communion cups, I'm going to invite you to prepare your hearts and your minds as we prepare together to celebrate that same meal that Jesus himself instituted 2,000 years ago. I love the fact that Jesus offered us a regular reminder. He took a, a moment that would have been ordinary and plain and made it extraordinary. And I want to confess to you apologetically both to you and to the Father. That there have been plenty of times when I could have remembered this meal. And I forgot. And I want to charge you to join me in saying, hey God, help me to never forget it again. Thinking about this, Jesus was with his disciples and he took bread. Bread. Can you remember the last time you had bread? Not when you had it here in the sanctuary. When's the last time you had bread? Remember you had a sandwich? You had your favorite spread on it? 
you know? You had the cheese that was just right and the lettuce that was still crisp. Forget about all those things that were in the middle. Do you remember what was on the outside? It was bread. Remember you got your cheese steak and it was in your favorite roll? Bread. Now some of y'all think, yeah, I don't do bread, I do the wrap. All right, well, I, I got nothing for you on that. But stay with my analogy. How many times have you bit into the ordinary loaf of bread and you missed the opportunity to get out of the presence of God? God, in ordinary moments, may, may it show up. Jesus was gathered with his disciples on that night, the last night in which he would be free, and he had this meal. And he gave thanks to the Father, and he took bread, and he broke it, and he shared it with the disciples. And as they each took their piece, this is my body. My body that's going to be broken. I imagine every time you come to the table and are reminded of the broken body of Christ on your behalf, it takes on even greater meaning. The more you come to know Jesus, the greater the understanding of the debt that Christ has paid for us price that he paid for us, and the grace that we receive through it. So friends, I invite you this morning to take your wafer from the top of your cup, and after praying and saying, God, I confess to you, I want to be right before you. I want to live on mission and purpose. I want to reach the lost. I want to grow as your, as your child, as your disciple of your church. God, this morning I receive. I receive from you. And I thank you that the body of Christ is broken for me. Let's take and eat together. same way after supper, he took the cup and, and he shared it with the disciples. This cup is it's the new covenant. It's the blood of Christ that's been shed for us. And Paul later gives instruction to the church and he says, church, whenever we take the bread like we just did and whenever we drink the cup like we're about to, we're reminded of all that God has done. We're reminded of what he has promised. And we're proclaiming that we believe that he's coming back again. So church, with full assurance that God is doing something great in our lives and he is promising that he's coming back again. Together, the blood of Christ is being shed for us. here today and you're in a spot where you're just like, man, I need to, I just need to be settled before God. I need to be reminded of the faithfulness of God. I need to be reminded of God's love and pursuit for me. Know that we as a church desire to be in that place with you. 
If you're here today and somebody's heavy on your heart that is lost, know that over the next couple of weeks, we're working together to actively engage with God and say, God, help us to reach those who don't yet know you. And beyond that this morning, if you're here today and you don't yet know the gift that only God can give. Believe upon his son for salvation and trust that God himself made a way possible. His life and death were placed in us that we might one day resurrect with him. Father God, would you bless your people? As we sing one more song, God, and we'll cry out to you one last time before we go this morning. God, would you bless your people? Fill the space in between. Allow your spirit to be the one that speaks. When we're without words, speak on our behalf. And God, if there's anybody here in person or somebody online today who doesn't yet know you, right now, Lord God, invade their life. I know you're speaking to them. And for all, all of us who do know you, God, remind us. Remind us by that daily reminder the bread and the juice remind us of all that you've done but remind us more than anything that you're coming back again that we might live on mission from now till then actively seeking to live amongst those who don't yet know you in such a way that they might come to know you god we honor you we celebrate you we thank you lord that we can pray to you believe, Lord God, that you're going to lead us to others who don't yet know you. And God, we pray that you would do what only you can in this hour. So we'll stand to our feet and we'll sing this last song in declaration of the goodness of God. We love you guys. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at roxboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.